Hey there, this is Pastor Freddie T. Wyatt, pastor of Real Life Church in Sango, Tennessee. Thank you for leading, listening to the podcast. Really glad you found us. Maybe you're a repeat longtime listener. Maybe this is your first time. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Uh, today, uh, my co-host, my Abbott and Costello, uh, he is absolutely on fire. JV, bringing the heat today. Um, you're going to enjoy the podcast, and we're so glad you're listening. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, JV. Here we are for another week, Freddie. Good morning. How are you? Uh, it's early still. Yeah. I, Susan asked me that this morning, how I'm doing, and I was like, eh. Um, yeah, long weekend. I did, uh, you know, CHS had a football game Friday yeah. night, and it went really, really late. Like, it started 15 minutes late because their opponent got there late, and then, um, there were like four injuries. So the other team would fake an injury to get a timeout because if, <laughs> if a player goes down, they would get a timeout. Anyways. Um, what fakers did y'all play? The McG- McGavick. Okay. McGavick. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, after that, Jack had got invited to play in this baseball showcase in Memphis. Oh, and it was kind of a special deal. So yeah. we were committed to getting him there. So yeah. Jack and I left it. I don't know. Late. Friday night, we got into Memphis like two thirty, two forty-five. Oh no! So then, so he, so then he had to check in at eight thirty at the baseball thing. So he did the he did the showcase. He finds out tonight if he made this All Star team, kind yeah. of the select All Star team kind yeah. of deal. Anyways, then we drove back, and I, I drove with my flashers on through the worst visibility I've dr- driven in a long time for about an hour. This was sad on I forty coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, um, I <laughs> by the time I got to the second service Sunday, <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, you know, like my closing illustration. I totally forgot. Oh, see, listen, 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 listen. The word feign. I don't. I think this is the word feign. Feign is when you. Like a McGavick player, maybe. Right. They feigned an illness. I mean, feigned an injury. <laughs> so I literally said, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's over. You know, get your mind. You're ready for the last song. And here comes next steps. And I'm like, Freddie kind of did like, we're leaving. And then you did a turnaround. And then there comes, I think it was Alex and Sam this week. And you're jumping up in front of him. It's like, brother, you've had your time. Let's exactly. Stage exit twice. Left. Jumped up twice. And then after I'm the like, sermon. Oh, that was before they came up. Yeah, you're right. That was right. You did it twice. But the first in the middle time, of the song, I come up and right. share the illustration. Oh, that's like he did this because people were probably already tuning out. He just wanted to reinvigorate the attention span. <laughs> it worked. I have to say, I was still driving through the <laughs> rain on I-40 on my way back. I really did think you faded. It's like, oh, I forgot it, quote unquote. Let me go back up there. Somebody's paying attention. You, you give me much more credit than. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I you think should. you're more strategic than that. But anyway, I will say it was effective That's because, good. you know, at the end, you're, you know, you, you kind of a crescendo, everybody sure. does. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, I yeah. don't know that I would have remembered, but I remembered it Sunday night well, when I put know, my head on the pillow. Those shock moments definitely like have the potential to leave yeah. impact, right? Like when yeah. you don't know something's coming, it can leave a, 
you know, it's kind of like my dad praying that night. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, it's a, it's a like, great, great huddles story. up and I'm like, great you, encouragement. Know what, you know, what's wild. So if you listen to the podcast, if you, if you listen, if you were there and heard the sermon, or if you listened to the sermon on the podcast, you heard me talk about when I was a kid, this time that my dad gathered the family together for prayer and he's crying and he's praying. And, um, what's wild is it was Parker's 10th birthday yeah. Sunday. Pray. Yeah. So he prayed. That yes, was beautiful. Amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, and then, and then we had like cupcakes in the afternoon with yeah. the family. Yeah. And I always pray for our kids, a special prayer on their birthday. And it was really cool. Cause I, I got to pray like literal things that my dad prayed for me that day, you know, us that day. So it just felt like this full circle kind of passing the torch next generation thing. It was, and because my, my dad's like standing right there and I'm praying for Parker and I said, I'm going to pray you, for yeah. you, buddy. What Gramps prayed for me, you know, that's that great. I talked about this morning. Anyways. No, that's great. Yeah. So great. I'm, 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 yesterday was a full day, Monday and, uh, just getting into it. Well, you, you got it a little serious, but let, let me let me bring it back down a little bit. So this is opening segment. So that's right. So uh, when you lead your flock, we listen. Okay. So we were content and happy the first of the year, right? Yeah, we that's right. In, that's we right. In God. So now we're prayerful at home, and so we talk about it. So that we don't pray out loud every day. We probably don't at home every day. But yeah, we don't either. Well, the, that's the need for the sermon series, right? Gotcha. And so, but we do, and we usually want the kids to do it. Um, they pray at school, which is a Christian school, but they pray at school, they pray at home. And so, so we, we did the new sermon mantra. We pray out loud at, at home, home every, every day. day. <laughs> we love it. So yesterday... You're so encouraging. It's car line. Okay, so I get, we go to a Christian school. There are no buses, so everybody gets dropped off. Nobody, but apparently carpools. There are cars everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, last year we got there early, so now I'm not going to drag this out, but this is, this is really real life here. So we have these two lanes now, but we don't know that there's two lanes. So either you're going to be the trailblazer and tick everybody off when you're passing them, creating a second lane, or you're just going to get in line on the right lane. And so the kids are like, Dad, get in the left lane. Mama gets in the left lane. Get in the left lane. I'm like, okay, I'll get in the left lane. Well, anyway, it, it didn't work. The merge was too early. Everybody's like ticked. They're trying to run each other over. And so the kids are like upset. I'm upset. And I said, we finally came to a stop. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to do, the new mantra at the Vincent household. We're going to pray out loud. In the car Every line. day. <laughs> In Carlin. <laughs> yes. So we won't so we won't strangle the foolish person That's in front right. of us. So we did. I said, Nell was so mad. I said, Who wants to pray? Nell always wants to pray. She's like, Nell, you want to pray? No. I was like, Okay, Max, you want to pray? No. <laughs> Max, you're gonna pray. <laughs> I don't know if it worked. But oh, wow. for those people out there in Carlin or you're dropping your kids off at the bus stop, whatever you're doing, remember you can always pray out loud. Well that was day. like is a reflected on the sermon. That was like the only not the only bad part, but that was a visible bad part was like one spouse in the middle of an argument might like say, let's pray and like further tick off the other spouse of like, look at me, how, how spiritual. I yeah, am. yeah. Yeah. And like, no, you're not listening to me. I want you to listen to me. Yeah. You know, she's like, or he, <laughs> so I got he, let's pray. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so that's what we're doing now. We're going to, I told Rachel this morning, listen, second line's not going to work. You're just going to have to go ahead and stop and pray out loud every day in car line. 
There that, it is. That's awesome, man. We're going to do it at home, too. That's so. awesome. Anyway, had a great baptism. I was there late. I'm. I, we have transitioned to second service now. And so, but I missed the baptism. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Cox is kicking something over there. DJ Daniel Cox. <laughs> he's like clang, clang. You can't even hear it because he's got his headphones on. Got a clang, clang. It's <laughs> like clang, 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 clang. 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 Uh, the baptism was beautiful. Yeah. This wonderful young couple that goes to our church. Um, he's a pilot, and uh, they've got one little kid, and she's pregnant, you know, and she's 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 very pregnant. So it's like somebody came up to me and said, I've never seen somebody pregnant get baptized like that, you know, and um, so husband baptized his wife. They were just filled with joy. Had family there, and uh, uh, Blake and Emma Atkinson, and um, right. they uh, Blake serves in student ministry. Leads our he now leads our seven minute party team, and Great. just a wonderful young couple. Yeah, sweet. So uh, we'll ta- we'll hit this at the end, but let's talk about involvement at the end. Let's try to remember that that church is more than. 50-ish minutes right. on a Sunday morning. Oh, it yeah. is it is an all-engaging, a wonderful experience, uh, just part of your life. It's not, as we say, I think, a lot of times, it's not an event to be consumed. Yeah. It's 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 a lifestyle to enjoy. Look forward to talking about that. Yeah, just a little bit at the end, maybe. Sure. Uh, let's see. I think it's good to touch on, I th- you jumped on it. I think that was the second time you jumped on the stage at the end. About the new space. Oh, yeah. So I think most podcasters probably have heard it, but I think it's really exciting. Can you just give a snippet yep. of what we got coming? Yep. Uh, so the owners of the, of the Madison Room are repurposing that room. Then mm-hmm. they said, we've got a space for you over at Acme Athletics. So we walked in and we were like, wow. Uh, most people remember about a year ago we sent out a survey <sighs> because we knew we needed more space. And we thought, well, the only way to get more space is to go to third service but we knew that would be taxing, right? Like, mm-hmm. we need to make sure the timing is right for that. So we just waited, and a year later, they're giving us a bigger space. So we don't have to go to third service. We get to go to the um, go to the Acme Athletics for worship. Um, uh, there's a lot of financial investment to make this work. Yeah. Um, we've bought new speakers, flooring, mm-hmm. new pipe and drape, um, lots that goes into it, but sure. our tech team and our worship team – under Pastor Tim's leadership and under Steve Hanschel's leadership, they're killing it. They're yeah. getting us going. Saturday, they they had a great time of just kind of the first test drive of mm-hmm. setting everything up. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what I'm most excited about, um, you know, sun, this past Sunday, second service was full. Yep. And I walked to the back, and I just watched people come in. And it's hard for people to find seats when they come in, mm-hmm. you know, once it's full. In this space, it's just going to allow us to be able to bring anybody in without, without any discomfort. People just be able to come in and find a seat so easily, and um, I'm really excited about it. So for those that are a little resistant, we'll talk about resist a little in second second segment, but those are resistant, they're entering the same door. Yep. They're you're just come, not come, going to take a right. They're just going to keep, keep going, going straight. straight. That's yep. exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So same same building. We'll yep. be worshiping in the same building, right. different room. Right. Um, same entrance, kids are in the same space, babies are in the same space. Um, we might move things like the seven-minute party around a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be so great. You know, when you launch a church, you only get that, like, one little window to say, hey, we just launched a new church. You know, you should come, right? Um, but this really feels like a little bit of a relaunch because we're moving into this new space, you know. And so I told all of our tech and worship team uh, Sunday morning, 
um, really be praying about who it is in your life that you want to invite to experience all that God's doing because it's a really kind of easy way to do it, to say, oh, we're moving to this new space. You should come check it out, you know. So those little graces from the Lord like that that he uses to build his church, um, I love seeing those and celebrating those. We're talking about celebrating. Let me celebrate leadership of you and your team. Uh, This could not have been a positive, optimistic thing. It could have been a very... It could have been a foothold for complaints and for God's against us and this is not working and look what we're having to do. The leadership that you and your team are doing um, is just incredible for now, as you just said it, the revigoration, the excitement of what this new space could be. I think that teaches us all, especially what we're going to talk about today about anxieties and stuff. It teaches us all that what comes before us has already been laid by God, and Come we on. have to step into it. Come no, on. that's what y'all have done and yeah, what you've done good. with your leadership. I just, I, I did talk with the owner. He kind of gave me a spill back late spring, right before, right when he was telling y'all about it, and I was like, I don't know. And and what came out of you and your team was complete answer to prayer. Yes. I think that's how you introduced it last yes. week. Yes. So for those that are not excited, you're going to be excited. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a new experience will, yes. and, and more space yes. for people to be invited. Yes, yes, yes. All right, anything else, brother? No, that's going to be great. We don't know when we'll make the move. That's right. They're finishing up some bathrooms and that kind of thing. Most likely September. It could be later than that because you know how construction can go. So, Great. Yeah. Anything else on the first segment? I think it's good, I man. Think it's good. Yeah, it's looking good. forward to digging into the Word. All right, well, let's come back and dig into First Peter 5. Hey folks, you've heard about community groups, but have you considered hosting or facilitating a community group? As our church grows, we need more folks that are willing to step forward. Listen, beyond a need, it's a massive opportunity for you to be mightily used of God, perhaps in a way that you never dreamed possible. Hosts open up their homes, welcome folks in once a week for community groups. Facilitators don't teach a Bible study, Rather, they guide discussion They guide discussion with questions that we provide. So would you right now text MISSION to 97000 and let us know that you're interested in hosting or facilitating, or perhaps both, a community group this fall? All right, so we're back in second segment, Freddie, I martyred myself. You know, I, I do listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a bold statement. Yes. Well, I did. Well, you're right. So we're not back in Africa with a head chopped off. If you don't heard last week, that's what I talked about community groups. But uh, so I a little martyr myself. I said, you know, I have so many hats at church last. I have so many hats. And I said, you know, we do podcasts and it's work. It's, yeah. I mean, it's fun work. No, it's a but commitment it's work. on the calendar, it's right? It's commitment. Yeah. I study for ever. You know, I don't get, usually don't ask for the scripture. So I'm like studying the scripture after you give your sermon. Uh, but I want, we do prepare for this, but we are very organic. We don't script this out. We've talked about this in the past. It's not that we don't prepare, but this is a very organic experience. I don't, you know, Freddie comes in, Daniel comes in, I come in early on a Tuesday morning. And so we just kind of hit each other. I think that has to do with relationship and legacy and history and all that. So I haven't asked you any of these questions, but I, I would love to ask, you started the prayer series last week, and we talked about why and all that. And of course, prayer is fairly important. Um, but you picked First Peter 5. 
tell me your thoughts about First Peter five and how you wanted that to wrap into what prayer was. Yeah, or is or how we well, should do prayer. <clears throat> I have probably preached on this text at real life before. Okay, and the reason is you've probably had this experience where along your spiritual journey, there's different texts of scripture. You might have a visiting preacher come and preach. You might be at a, a marriage retreat. You might be at a church camp. Some Something where you're exposed to a portion of God's Word, and it, it grips you, it falls into your heart in just such a way it does not leave. Anyways, this text I remember so vividly in my Greek class in, um, in seminary. This being a text that my Greek professor used to kind of show us the, the use of participle and, you know, like all of that in the, in the Greek language. And, um, and it just, it just never, it just never left me. And, um, and I find it to be one of the most helpful texts in scripture. You know, I, so preachers often say like pride is the root of all sin, right? Um, in, but pride is really, really tricky because trying to rebuke someone that has pride, or if you have pride and someone's trying to rebuke your pride, pride is like the one sin that won't acknowledge itself, right? So pride will fight and defend and justify, and pride will get out of being exposed. And that's really dangerous because then it's, then it, then it's just always under the surface, right? Manifesting other sins. So, um, so I love this text because of the clarity that it provides on this mysterious concept of pride and humility. You know, it's like we all know we don't need to be pride, prideful, and we all know we need to be humble. <clears throat> but I feel like those are kind of elusive concepts. I kind of feel like, you know, like they just feel like, okay, we know we ought to and we ought not to, but how? And so I just find it so helpful. And how that wraps into prayer, I assume, is how we approach God and how we approach others. Well, right. So the way, the, the indicator, the indicator, the litmus test, the, the, the mark, the discerning mark on whether or not your heart is postured in pride or it's postured in humility is, are you, are you praying? Now, certainly, Jonathan, somebody can pray without their heart being engaged, right? So, you know, like Jesus rebuked people for having many words and wanting to be seen in their prayer, right? So certainly that can come into prayer. Certainly people can pray with the wrong motives. But I think what I'm, I'm just taking it at face value, saying like praying with a sincere heart is an expression of humility. Not praying is an expression of pride, just in a, in a principled way, right? Yeah, so I don't, I don't ever use the word underscore, but I do it in the podcast. I don't know why. I guess it's in this room. I've, it works. So, but let me underscore what 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 I heard. Why you? What I heard on Sunday was, it's not necessarily what you say. You go through acts. We won't probably do that. Adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, but it is just as much. You know, I confessed last week. I don't pray. I used an excuse. I rationalized. God already knows my desires and supplications and sins and all that stuff. Why do I need to waste my time, quote unquote, in doing that? Well, because He's commanding me to do that. Because He wants me yeah. to listen. He wants me to humble myself. But no, no, it's not just the pride. He wants me to humble my time. Mm-hmm. He wants me to take away part of my day 
even if it's inconvenient, mm-hmm. to say, God, I am coming to you humbly when I have other stuff to do. Or I don't really want to adore you. I don't really want to confess my sins. But we have to come in humility in all respects when we approach our Father, who yes. is willing yes. to hear us because he, yes. he cares about us. That's the yes. verse 7. Yes. So that's what I really heard. I thought it was really good as a kind of a second sermon in the series is that we're so con- I think if you hear prayer and you see, I don't know when you said it. I think you said it at church last week on your sermon. I can't remember, but it's the, the scary. Oh, Freddie said we got to get in small little groups and we're going to have to pray. <laughs> and you know, you do the little circle prayer. Everybody has, so you're like, so you're not listening to anything anybody else is saying. You're like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And then the person in front of you says what you said. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no, what am I going to say? Uh, I think we all approach prayer like that. Yeah, but I think what I heard on Sunday, I mean, it's important what we say. Yeah, sure. But it's much more important of the posture, of the stance, of our heart, of how we approach our Father, because that's what He wants from us, yeah. right? I think that's what's helpful about like a sermon series. You know, you and I joke all the time, like this Charles Spurgeon quote: "Like yeah. every good sermon needs a good follow up sermon," right? And and so like doing like a sermon series on prayer rather than one sermon, it allows you to. Look at, like we did in the first week, like what we're to say. Correct. Because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Say say this. So so an aspect of prayer is saying Absolutely. appropriate things to God, right? Like your kids and my kids can say inappropriate things, right? You know, the preacher can say inappropriate things in the sermon, and right? And you did on Sunday. That's right. Um, so, you know, we... We want to pour out our hearts unfiltered to the Lord, and yet one of the ways we honor Him is by recognizing who he is and saying particular things to him. You know, like you just even think about like sin, like the psalmist talks about, he says, against you and you only have I sinned, Lord, right? You know, so so there's a, a relationship and ownership. Any, anyways, so that's what's beautiful about a sermon series is you're able to look at both what we're saying and what's the heart in what we're saying and, you know, different strategies and different aspects of it, so... Well, so I thought it was great, and so I did a little research. You know, that's what I love to do. <laughs> you actually said, now, if, you, if you're if you an avid podcast listener, we don't poke fun at each other here. We really do genuinely try to encourage each other, but Freddie pokes fun at me about my loving of words. Uh, I think you've <laughs> even said before, it's my seminary professor said, beware of these folks. This guy right here need to be aware of. Yeah, that would be I me. Know, so much people know enough Greek just to be dangerous. <laughs> So here it is, ergo comma bye bye. I don't know what the word is. That's the word close. Sounded like you were speaking in tongues. Yeah, there. I, can't, I can't even say it. Can you do that? Again? I, I practiced this word yesterday, <laughs> but it didn't work. So clothe yourself. I think that's verse mm. five. I, I can't see it right now because it's too far away. Yes. Clothe yourself. And so I had to look up this word. Uh, it's just really, it means to tie, to gird yourself. Nice. But in the first century, when this was being read, there. I've read a couple, three commentaries. You may have read the same thing about how if you were a bond servant, so that would be a slave, uh, maybe not in the same sense we have in our American history um, with African-Americans, but but in the first century, there were those that were slaves. They either owned a debt, and so to pay off their debt, they were a bond servant. That's what God called us to be in Old Testament, New Testament, a bond servant to him. And so if you were a bond servant, you would tie either this apron, white apron around you, 
or you would have this like white scarf that you would tie around you so that, listen, you would be identified as a slave and not a free man. And here Paul is writing to us and says, clothe yourself with humility. Me and Rachel were talking about this last night before we going to bed, getting ready for the podcast. And I was like, isn't that hmm. so cool what Paul was trying to say as he's talking about elders, but then he, he brings in the rest of the church, as you said, in, in, in chapter 5. What he's saying is, you're just not humble. No, no, you're going to identify yourself in your humility. I mean, people are going to see the white scarf, but they're not going to see a white scarf. They're not going to see a white apron as a bondservant. You are to be a bondservant to your creator. That's good. But in that, when people see Freddie T, or when they see Daniel Cox, or when they see Rachel Vincent, or they see me, that's good. they're going to see, oh my gosh, there's Freddie, there's Jonathan, a servant to humility. This is so powerful, JV, because there's times, it happens more now for me as being a preacher, but where like I'm in some public setting and somebody will apologize for being a certain way, like uh, like around me. I hated that when I was a kid because I was like, guys, I'm just one of you. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't treat me different, right? Um, but I love what you're saying there is that, you know, what should identify us shouldn't be this rigid, legalistic, judgmental spirit where we're condemning everybody in their sin, right? That was so much of my early days of like, you know, legalistic Christianity, you know, where I'm not drinking, smoking, and cussing, and you are, and I'm okay with Jesus, and you're not. You mean like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but there was some of that there. I love what you just said because it, it paints a better picture of... It's okay to be identified by others, but what is it we want to be identified with? It's that it's that cloth that we're tying around our waist of humility, and it identifies. That's beautiful, powerful. So I'm not going to hit the word entitlement too hard today, but I don't care who you are, especially in the American society, but traffic alone. You know, it's so funny when back in the day when I learned how to drive, you never pulled out in front of somebody if they're. But now it's like if you wait somewhere coming out of a, a, a you know, strip center or whatever it is, if you're waiting like 20 seconds, it's just like you don't care. It's time to pull out. You don't have time to wait. You do this in any aspect of life. And it's like I have what I need to do right now or I have my needs. Mm. They need to be met right now. Mm, and I think mm, mm. part of what First Peter 5 says is if we are coming to people but more importantly, I think, to tie it into your sermon series. If we're coming into God with this entitled heart of this is what I deserve, this is what I need, I'm not saying we don't express our needs. I'm saying what God's saying, I think, through Paul is, you gird yourself, you identify yourself with humility, and you come to your father that way, and you come to other people at your workplace or Walmart or at, at church. And if you are identified, with that humility, what's God going to do? He's going to, as it says, exalt you at the appointed time. It's verse 6. You know, that word exalt, if you look over the that same Greek word in the Hebrew translation in the Old Testament, it's the word when it says he pushed the ark up over the waters. That's that word exalt. He's going to push above the fray 
of what's going on. You know, there was a shooting, I think you mentioned that right before the podcast. There's just a lot of difficulty and challenges and just nastiness out there. Yeah. But what God says is, even in the light of that, if yeah. we identify ourselves yes. with humility, putting others before ourselves, not being entitled, not getting angry if someone pulls that in front of you, stop and pray for them. Just don't close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is going to lift you up and exalt you because of mm. your genuine desire to be humble before him, before God and before others. Those promises are so good. The promise to... you. Because life can feel so fragile sometimes, you know, and you can feel literally tossed about, right? You know, and almost like a pinball in the world, in the way the world is trying to navigate life and reality. And we, as Christians, we can't lose our way. We can't lose our way. We can't let the stream of the culture shape us. We've got to come back to the sacred scriptures and say, Lord, remind me who I am. Remind me what I'm free to be. And this the way you, the way you're talking about humility, JV, is um, is such a a beautiful piece of what we get to be. One, one of my favorite pastors, John Tyson, in New York City. John, when I was with John last, he was talking about. He feels like in our in our cultural moment, the thing that's going to woo people to Christ is the beauty. Of the gospel, and what's more beautiful than humility? And um, we've got to be careful not to lose our way, because if we if we feel like we've got to react and respond to the world the way the world is, we will lose our way, and we'll lose the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the church. And um, you know, Jesus calls us the the fragrance aroma. Right, the aroma of Christ, and um, so thank the Lord because of His redemptive work in our life and in the church, because of what the Spirit is doing. We now can be a, a magnetic draw for people, where they see when they see the Lord increasingly change us over time. That gives a hopeless world hope, because when they see that, they're like, okay, there's something better, right? Because all they know is is get mine, right? Like fight for mine. But when they see somebody living in humility, it's like, huh, that's different. So I just said earlier, w- w- this is very organic. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't sketch this we don't, out. We don't have we don't have our notes and fill them in the blanks. We do like have both of us have like a device, no, and two Bibles right. around us. Yeah. So this is so I was very interested in verse seven to go exactly to what you just said. Wow. Verse 7, I looked at this casting all your anxiety. So I grew up, I memorized this verse over and over. So I just had to look up these words because I just, you said it earlier. What is humility? What is pro, What is that? I mean, we understand what the words are. And, you know, mine says, I think ESV says anxieties. I think CSB yep. and others say cares. So I looked up these words. And this word care or anxiety, you know, I thought growing up, it's like these things that I need, these things that I want. It may be that. But if you look at the base of this word in the Greek, it is the word division. You know, like it says, how can a house that's divided? That's the core base word of this word, anxiety care. So he says cast off, which just means throw away. Get, off, get, get rid of. Cast away. Throw away. All of the distractions and divisions that this world can cause you. You just said it. We are to be in the world but not of it. 
we have to live in finances. We have to live in car lines. We have to live (laughs) at Walmart. But what you just said was, but God has called us to be holy. That means set Mm -hmm. apart and distinct. That is an impossible task unless he says, humble yourselves, cast off all the distractions this world can bring you because God cares for you. God knows those distractions. If you can throw those off, throw the divisions of your heart from what the world has to offer Mm. versus what God has to offer. When you walk into the room, you just said this, when you walk into the room, they're going to say, there's an aroma, there's Mm -hmm. a beauty Mm. to who that person is. Is that an easy task? No, it's not an easy task. It's a change of paradigm of vision of when we understand that what, just what I said earlier about the the Acme Athletics versus the Madison Room. It may not look aesthetically pleasing. This could have been a bad thing for for real life, but but it wasn't because God has already stepped into that. All we have to do is follow His lead, yeah. and when we do that, there's a beauty and aroma. Yeah, the leadership that y'all did is a beauty and aroma. To what God's going to do. It's not this. The world's against us. The owners of you know they're all against. <laughs> It is a beauty and aroma yeah. that when we can cast off the divisions, distractions, what this world's got to give, then we will understand it is a mark yeah. of the humility that we come to God and to others. Yeah. I was really struck by what you just said because, you know, the I think the the church is, you know, to to go with the the theme of the Protestant Reformation, the church is always reforming, right? The church always has blind spots, and every generation is trying to identify our blind spots and, and, and reform the church, right? Refine, purify, strengthen, you know, use whatever word. But um, we, we're kind of coming out of, over the last 15 years in the church, um, this gospel renewal where there's been this wonderful emphasis on the gospel. But like a lot of seasons of reform and renewal, there can be like exaggerations, you know, and um, some some of the unhealthy exaggerations of the pendulum swinging too far in this fifteen year, maybe longer, maybe twenty year, this gospel renewal. And when I say gospel renewal, I mean within the church in preaching and teaching, an emphasis on the gospel, a clarity on the gospel, a depending upon the gospel. So in the but in this renewal. Some of the exaggerations, some of the where the pendulum swings too far, is when we um, we we express our liberty in ways that are unhelpful. So the apostle Paul said, "Everything's um, permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial." So sometimes in a gospel renewal, people will, like react with too much liberty. You know, I'm free in the gospel, so I'm going to kind of live however I want, or I'm going to participate in this or whatever in the name of I'm free in the gospel. And then, um, and then, like literally, preachers have said things. Um, we say things like, "There's nothing that you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less." And that is true. But oftentimes, the way it's taught, people will hear, "There's nothing you can do to please God." Yeah. or there's nothing you can do to please God more. And so so we've got to be precise with our terminology, right? Because our terminology becomes our theology. And the reality is there's nothing that we can do 
to cause God to love us more, to cause God to love us less. Hallelujah. But we can please our Father. We can please Him, and we can displease Him. And I I think that the church is going to be coming into a new season. I pray that we are. I think we need to, where there's a real emphasis on our character. There's a real emphasis on how we're living out Christian virtues. And um, so it's not just about believing the gospel and getting the gospel right. It's actually about what's our response to it. How are we living our lives in this world? I think that's really, really important because when we kind of camp in this gospel renewal for too long and we don't move into living it out, um, the church can really lose her distinctiveness, that beauty, that aroma. And I think by God's design, it's got to be both, right? The pendulum's always swinging, and the goal of the church is to grab it right in the middle. And when you see so when you read through the New Testament, you know you you see early on in the book you see the gospel, and then late in the book you see the the practical application of living it out. You know that's that's the pendulum right in the middle. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I'm I'm just encouraged. But what you're saying, it's kind of firing me up this morning. No, no, no. It makes great sense. And if you are an avid studier of the Old Testament, you will understand the basics of a covenant. I'm not going to go through that. If you listen to my sermon. Another day. Another, Another day. day. But my point being is there was never a one-sided covenant. When God gave, he expected. That was from pre-fall. When God gave and placed man in the garden, he expected mm-hmm an honoring and reverence and obedience to how he created things. We would call that obedience. And so don't think the truth's not important. Listen, the truth is very important. If you're not getting in the Word and you're not listening to quality sermons and analysis of God's Word, then you're going to miss out of what true theology is. That's who your God is. But listen, this is most important. You have to be exercising it. You said that last week. That's how yeah. you opened up this yeah. sermon series. We need to start exercising our truth. So, absolutely, God's covenant is created by God. There's nothing we can do to uncovenant and uncreate that. But He has, listen, He has an expectation. He actually says it in the imperative in 1 Peter 5. You are to do certain things, not do because you're going to get something other than what he's commanded you to do. And what you said was, we're going to please God doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what heaven's all about. (laughs) We're going to be going about pleasing God, and that is what he's called us to do. So, no, I I think it's a great word, and I hope we do understand. I think... There's some words like deconstruction out there about mm-hmm. how there's some younger folks, uh, younger, younger than me, probably 30s and 40s, <laughs> are trying to re-understand what they heard in church. Yep. And unfortunately, they've kind of broken it all apart. Yeah. And now I think it's the church's responsibility to say the truth's the truth. Yeah. It, it hasn't changed. For centuries it hasn't changed. Yeah. So let's understand what it says and let's exercise it in humility. You'll you'll remember this, uh, I think, on one of DC Talks, like on their Jesus Freak album. Mm-hmm. They opened the song, and maybe Billy Graham said this. Uh, I think he did. But um, the, the, the uh, what did he say? The, how did it go? The, uh, the greatest cause, uh, the, great, the greatest cause of un- un- an unbelieving world is something, are Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. 
the memory you have with some things, man, it's just incredible. <laughs> well, I've listened to that song a thousand times. And I remember, it's kind of cool. He comes on, it's kind of a quote, and then it yeah, hits Jesus for your heart. But yeah, but can you say just the tenet of it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it took me a second uh, to get I it. Ask you, I didn't want to ask you <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, um, the greatest, ah, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips but deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That's right. I think that was Billy Graham. So let's acknowledge Jesus with our lips and let's acknowledge Jesus with our lifestyle. Identify yourself as a bond servant. Mm. And you do that, Help not us, just through humility, yes. but through all aspects of Help virtue. us, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, God. Galatians 5 1. And I know we'll tie this up. I tie it up. Get it? Tie it up. <laughs> like the scar. That's all what you did there. Uh-huh. Galatians 5 1 for freedom. For freedom. Christ has set us free. For freedom. Because I think that the underlying understanding is the rest of that verse is stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Matthew eleven twenty nine. that was what y'all did scripture reading on Sunday, that God's yoke is easy because he is lowly and humble, and he will give us rest. That's a Shabbat thing. That's Sorry, that's gonna, what I'm going to end my Shabbat with. How many more lessons? Two more, two more weeks. Two more. Two more weeks. Where, Wednesday and next Wednesday right. at the Fields House. But, Gosh, I want to come to one. But my point being is... You don't think that you're not yoked. You're going to either be yoked to your creator who is low and humble. That's Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29. Or you're going to be yoked to slavery, to this world that will never be enough for you. So give it up. Understand the truth. Be identified with as a bondservant to humility, and you will be exalted. Yeah. God will lift you up, and you'll be, you'll be a pleasing aroma, as you said, a beauty to this world. What And by the way, that is the gospel. So good. We are to bring good news. It's not to hit them <laughs> overhead with a tract. We are to show the greatness and the glory of our God and our Creator, and you're going to do that through the way you act and not just what you say. My sermons would be so much better if I gave you the text. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> if I gave you the text and you studied it and we did the podcast, I'd be like, ooh, I'm changing my sermon. Too, ooh, much, that's too, much, too much pressure. <laughs> I enjoy this much more. Hey, this gives, I think this is fun for the podcast. That yeah. we get. To, this is why, remember, we talked about this in September, October last year, when we are going to try to do something a little right. different with podcasts, right. was we wanted to break that sermon sure. apart yeah, for right. those that really wanted to care. Listen to the podcast. It's I a lot of fun. It. Love it. Any other thoughts before we Let's take hit, a break. hit third segment? Community groups at Real Life Sango are where strangers become friends and friends become family. You guys, you have been isolated for too long. You've been disconnected for too long. It's time for you to find your people. This fall, this September, we launch community groups. A message for some of you is wait no longer, on the sidelines no longer, join a community group. I want you to be thinking about it, praying about it right now. More than that, Commit in your mind and heart right now that the first day we launch community groups, you're going to sign up for one. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. All right. JV, this has been fun this morning. Hey, give us one little takeaway from your summer study. You've got two more weeks left. We just mentioned it. You've been teaching on the Shabbat, the Sabbath. The Sabbath, the Shabbat. Uh, It is, as I said, uh, life-changing for me and Rachel. We both studied a lot. Um, to, to truly understand the foundation of the word Shabbat or Sabbath is a life-changing thing to realize most important, and I took this from Marty Solomon at the Bama Discipleship, Bama Podcast, is that when God stopped on the seventh day, 
this day of eternal rest, he was saying to us, you are very good. That's the sixth day. And that he is enough. It's what we messed up in Genesis 3. It's what we just finished talking about. That when we think we have to, then God is not enough. And that's what the Shabbat's all about. Is there one, is there like, is there one real life takeaway for you or Rachel or you guys together that's been meaningful to you guys that you'd say, here's, this is a real change in our life. Yes. So if you looked at our life of what we do, uh, it, you know, we, I, I, I do try to unplug on the weekends. I try not to answer client phone calls. You do on a the good weekends. job of that. I, I do my best. It's hard. We used to make fun of you back in the Blackberry days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love that Blackberry. But, but you know, it's hard for me because I'm a pleaser at heart. It's not even so much trust. It's just I'm a pleaser. I want to make sure someone calls me. Oh, my gosh, they really like me, so I need to call them back, <laughs> whether they're really just using me for a weekend because something comes up. So to, to kind of dovetail what we just talked about, this has been a change of heart and motivation of understanding uh, that we have to trust the story. I won't go into that. Trust the story that when God made it, he made it very good. And when he stopped, it was enough, Mm. and nothing could be added that Mm. would make it any better. Mm. And that, so when I am on the weekend and I want to worry about finances, I'm sure I have somebody out there that agreed with me, or I'm worried about social status, or I'm worried about my kids not being or they are too much of this, I have to Shabbat, I have to stop Mm. and realize that it is not in my control, not that I'm not working. You just talked about this. I'm still doing things. But what I do is not equated to what God is going to provide for me. And Exodus 16 is a great lesson that with manna. It is a change of heart. You and your production and your income and how smart you are in your talents— will never add a day to your life, never dollar in your bank account, and won't, won't add anything into the pleasing of God. You are to walk in what He has given you. You are to stop and understand who He is and that He's enough and what you're not and something you can never be. And you know what that is? You can't be God because you ain't God. You're His creation in His image. So I could go on and on about this. Let's stop this. Let's Shabbat this. But yes, it has been a change of paradigm, change of backdrop for me, how life looks. Um, And I realize who I am and I'm nothing without my creator. Amen. Uh, Speaking of that, community groups. Yes, coming up. Now, we still are signing up for leaders still and hosts or is that over kind of, we're in transition of that right now? Well, we use these words a lot, but we have our, we have our like organized process and there's the organic process, right? So the organized process is wrapping up. We're, we're finalizing the final couple of groups in details. We have over 30 groups, I think. Great. Um, but in the organic way, anybody, anytime can come up and say, hey, I feel led to host a community group. And we'll be like, all right, let's 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 figure out when, where, what, how, you know, who, and all that. And, and um, so uh, this Saturday night, we have community group host and facilitator training this Saturday night uh, at Trinity Baptist Church. So if you're a host... Or facilitator this Saturday night. It's going to be great. Um, and most likely the following Sunday, or maybe this Sunday, coming up very soon, signups launch. So people will begin signing up for groups. So, yes, it is on us. Um, and what, one of the things I love about what God is doing is 
you know, our, our mission is to be a multiplying movement. A flour- I mean, our vision is to be a flourishing people and a multiplying movement. And I was telling a guy yesterday, I said, you know, sometimes like you, we, when you articulate your vision and it's something that we can work toward and we can labor toward, but really at the end of the day, it's only going to happen if God does it through his people, right? And, and um, this idea of being a multiplying movement, we've got three groups, yours included, three groups that are multiplying this year. Uh, Donnie Crawford's and Don and Scott Samuel's group is multiplying. Uh, they're spawning off a leader, Dan and Melinda Parker. And I talked to a man yesterday who was in the Samuels group who's going with uh, Dan and Melinda Parker to That's start great. a new group. It's great. Beautiful, multiplying. Uh, your group <laughs> is amazing what's happening. You and I talked and prayed and talked and prayed and talked mm-hmm. and prayed. And then, boom, look at what God's done. So mm-hmm. you've got the Fortsons that have multiplied off of your group, and they're going to be leading a group. You've got the Lusks that are going to be leading a group at the time and place you mm-hmm. formerly did. You're going to be leading a guys-only group Correct. here at your office Correct. Friday mornings, 8 o'clock. That's right. Your wife, Rachel, is going to be leading a woman's-only group. Correct. So, so church, hear this. One group just multiplied into four. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for trusting the Lord in this and encouraging your people. It's awesome. Oh, no, thanks for the leadership. I mean, it's, you know, TJ and Lisa, you know, we've mentioned it to them several times and just broke open in community group near the end and said, we've been praying about it. And uh, TJ, just a wealth of knowledge, and so is John and Keisha, but both of them. Just stepped up. Yes. I just just asked. Yes. Would you do it? And yes. it didn't it wasn't immediate yes. It was a genuine yes. Let's do right. it. And and God's already stepped it before them. He's yes. already gonna lead them and help them do what they're gonna call to do. So listen. Uh my sweet wife, I want to give her a shout out. Yes. Her group's multiplying. Yes. So she asked two young gals that filled in for her. She was kind of yeah. raising them up. They're launching a group as well. So so we have three groups on Sunday morning now, I think, maybe four. Uh, something like that. Three yeah, or four probably, on Sunday morning. Uh, one, two, three. Three. Three groups on Sunday morning. So listen to me. I, I say this every week, and I don't want to beat this drum, but I am. If church to you is unfulfilling because you're showing up for 55 minutes on Sunday, you're like, Come oh, that's on. great. That's great. It's a great energizer. It's like a one-hour boost drink. And then you go, and you're not doing church. That this That's not church. That's showing up for an event to consume. Wow. I'll say it again. Small groups, which we call community groups, is the way in which you can plug into church, quote unquote. That is where you learn about God's word, you discuss God's word, you pray with those people out loud, you help with the struggles and the challenges, and help tie on that little white scarf around your waist to say, I want to be a pleasing aroma to God. I want to be a bearer of good news to the world. How can I do that? Community group is the the way, a spectacular way of learning how to practice what you're learning in God's Word. It's being the church. That's right. It is being the church. And, you know, if things in your journey and in your life just haven't felt yeah, just right, you know, it's like I haven't had my V8 today, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably because you haven't been in community group lately, you know. Um, that's a good word. JB. So commit to it. It's listen, it's, it's not easy. I know Freddie, it's not Africa here, but it's still not easy. <laughs> it's still not easy, but commit to it, do it. But real quick, I know we're running a little late, but you had mentioned right before we started, uh, how God works oh, yeah. mysteriously. And you have a church planner pastor from up North that felt called by God to come to this area. He has, 
settled here. Yeah. And uh, it was, can I go ahead and talk about the meeting? Oh, but, yeah. So we were yeah. having our last elder meeting before the summer, <laughs> and Freddie's overwhelmed, and, you know, we're trying to get things wrapped Absolutely up. Absolutely exhausted. Yeah, exhausted. He's talking about, you know, taking a, you know, a few weeks trying, off. Trying to get the elders to bear my burden. Yeah, and so we had, <laughs> it was just three of us, there were three of us there with Freddie, and, and Freddie's talking about he just needs, he needs some time away. We, we got a lot of things coming up, and and uh, Chuck Cowell, just love Chuck, yes. uh, and, and Paul Boney both. Yes. Uh, the Chuck says, hey, Freddie, uh, but, you know, what about, multiplying to another, you know, congregation and maybe, you know, multiplying, multiplying <laughs> movement. And Freddie's like, I, I saw his face. He's like, Chuck, <laughs> just be quiet. I'm, did you not hear what I was saying? I'll let you take it from there. Well, it was, yeah, is I think it's one of the beautiful pictures of why God appointed elders in the church rather than one lone guy trying to lead on his own. I'm exhausted. And like my ability to trust God that multiplying as a church was in our near future, I had nothing, no gas in the tank. And I'm I'm literally like saying, guys, I just need a breather, pretty exhausted, you know. And Chuck's talking about multiplying. I'm like, Chuck, are you not hearing me? You know, no, Chuck was hearing the Lord. That's right. Like Chuck was supporting me in a way that I didn't know I needed, right? Chuck was Chuck was giving a verbal expression of his faith in the vision that I've cast for the church, that God's going to do it. And that's exactly what Chuck said. You know, he's like, well, it's not, you know, he didn't say it this way, but he, I mean, he gently said, well, it's not dependent on you, Freddie. It's, right. it's if, if God does it, right? You know, well, lo and behold, here comes this church planter who needs a local sponsoring church that is like-minded and and who believes in planting, you know? And so we're exploring these conversations, and if these things develop, we'll introduce him on the podcast someday soon, you know, Um but uh, he has a heart to plant a church um, in a in a military community where there's a lot of veterans. He himself is a veteran. He has a real heart for veterans. So praise God that even when we can't see it, God's working. Even when we feel weak, even when we don't have a plan, even when we're going to Shabbat. That's right. God continues to work when we take... He calls us to Shabbat, Shabbat. but he is always working for yeah. his glory and our good. And so praise God. Yep. Enjoyed this, JV. Yeah. All right. So next week, look forward to it. Look forward to next week's sermon. Don't miss out, folks. But in the meantime, keep it real. Keep it, Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it, Jesus.